Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, second hour of the show. Craig Bish and Frank Stample taking you into the weekend. And thanks for checking us out here. And Frank, good afternoon. Another uh, another Friday for us here. We're getting closer and closer to the uh, spring training games beginning, three hours away from the first game, and then full games tomorrow in the Grapefruit League and Cactus League. And I'm sure on Monday we'll have a lot to come back to and break down. So excited for it, Craig. You mentioned the game later on today, 3 p.m. Eastern time between the Royals and the Rangers. Kicks off spring training, and then we have games all weekend long as well. The fiancé is out of town this weekend, Craig, so oh. you know I'm going out night on the town tonight with my brother going out, going to have a good time, uh, and then basically just lounge around all day tomorrow and watch baseball. Yeah. I mean, what's better than that, Craig? Yeah. I was going to say, Frank, I mean, that sounds like a hot night for you with a lot of NFBC drafting, you know, with the fiance <laughs> away. You could get in like five drafts tonight. Don't tempt me, Craig. <laughs> Don't You bring it up, I might just have to pull the trigger, man. <laughs> you could. You could for sure. Uh, just kind of uh, resetting some of the top stories from uh, earlier today. Uh, Luis Severino, we discussed that length. You can go back and watch on demand in the first hour of the show, just kind of how that changes the pecking order for the Yankees. Also, Paul Goldschmidt is dealing with somewhat of a biceps issue. Uh, they're saying they're going to take it slow. I mean, potentially you may have to dive into the Cardinals a little bit, how this could affect things. But look, spring training, again, you don't look at the first 10 days of, of this at all, the first few days of this at all. And then, uh, you know, some other interesting stories are kind of percolating, which we're going to dive into. Is there a chance that Yasil Puig will eventually sign with somebody? I saw a report come out a little while ago saying that there is a chance of that. I can speak to what's going on with Yasil Puig or what has been going on. Yasiel Puig, so we'll get to that in just a second. But first, what we're going to do is we're going to turn it over to Sean Glastamakia. He's got our Sports Grid update here coming up at the top of the hour. It is noon on the east, nine on the west. This is the Sports Grid television and radio network. Frank and I will be back with more fantasy baseball discussion, news and notes from around the league, and also some sleepers and busts at the shortstop position right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Sports Grid News Update. Thank you, Craig. I am Sean Guasamacchia with your Sports Grid News Update. You guys mentioned it. Spring training set to begin about three hours from now, 3.05 p.m. Eastern time. It is the Rangers. They are at home, or on the road, rather, at the Royals. That is in Sunrise, Florida, on the hill for the Mike Matheny-led Royals will be Jorge Lopez, new era there in Kansas City as Ned Yost is now no longer the manager with the Kansas City Royals. Other Major League Baseball news, you guys hit on it. Sever uh, Luis Severino, right sore arm forness. He will be really evaluated, but does not sound good for the Yankees' ace. Other um, MLB news, 
David Ortiz met the media yesterday and called Mike Fires a snitch. Mike Fires today told The Athletic he has been receiving death threats due to the sign-stealing scandal in which he was a whistleblower. All right, MLB, that's your stories there. NBA last night, Trey Young career-high 50 points as the Hawks defeat the Heat. 129-124. The Bulls, their losers, 103-93 to the Hornets. Bucks, Rockets win big. And the Nets, they lose to the 76ers, 112-104 in overtime. Joel Embiid, 39 points, 16 rebounds in that one. All right, let's head over to golf, and it is the World Golf Championship in Mexico City. Round number two set to begin just right now. Uh, they're about to tee off there, Mexico City. Your leader after one round is Rory McIlroy at six under. Two shots behind, Justin Thomas and Bubba Watson at four under. Rory McIlroy, your betting favorite at plus 130 right now on FanDuel Sportsbook. Rory tees off at 2 p.m. Eastern time. And one note in boxing, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder will square off in Las Vegas on Saturday night for the heavyweight championship. They will not have a stare down at the weigh-in later on this afternoon. That was due to what happened on Wednesday. So they were, are all set for their fight on Saturday night. They're both listed at minus 108 on FanDuel Sportsbook. And that's your Sports Grid news update. Now back to Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield. Guys. Sean, appreciate it, and uh, thanks for doing the updates today, Sean. Have a good weekend to you as well. Uh, Frank, all right, so uh, some other kind of news and notes that are going around in baseball today we can dive into. We can start with Yasiel Puig here for a minute because I can share some insight on this, uh, unfortunately. If you go back and you look at my uh, Twitter feed from about three weeks ago, I said it before, I'll say it again, it wouldn't have shocked me three weeks ago if Puig signed uh, that day. It wouldn't, have si it wouldn't have shocked me if he signed the day after. And it wouldn't shock me if he didn't play the entire season. Uh, very bizarre. Uh, and, you know, it's Puig, so not very bizarre, but kind of a bizarre situation with him, honestly, all offseason long. Um, really was unwilling, Frank, if you can believe this, to engage teams, to literally just speak to teams about free agency. Didn't seem particularly interested. Uh, wasn't calling teams back. Uh, when, when they were able to kind of get under control, at least from the Marlins' perspective, I can tell you that he was asking for two years, $30 million, $15 million a year, which of, or 14 or $15 million, which no team was going to pay Yasiel Puig. You look at some of the other contracts that were given out, players of his scale, Avisel Garcia, Corey Dickerson, none of those guys even sniffed or got close to that. And Puig's uh, skills, honestly, from a few years ago, declining a little bit on the offensive side. So... I saw Hector Gomez with this report. Look, the White Sox name have been involved with Puig for a long time. Maybe it ends up happening. The Rockies does make a little bit of sense because uh, they haven't done anything this offseason. But I don't think the Rockies are going to be willing to pay what Puig wants. Uh, it is it is kind of crazy that he's still out there. But I'm going to reiterate the same things, Frank, that I've been saying all offseason. Wouldn't shock me if later today he signed. Wouldn't shock me if he signed in April. Wouldn't shock me in June. Wouldn't shock me at all if he didn't sign period. So uh, that's kind of where I stand on Puig. Um, when we started doing the show and started talking baseball a month ago, I said, do not draft this guy. I don't trust it at all. I wouldn't want to take a player that isn't on a roster to start the year. Still think that could be the case. Although again, he signs later today. Wouldn't shock me either. And Craig, when it comes to Yasiel Puig, you mentioned the range of outcomes for him. It wouldn't surprise you if he signs today or doesn't sign at all. Uh, I think that is basically a microcosm of his fantasy value as well, right? It, like, if he signs with the Colorado Rockies today, Craig, he is going to be a top 100 pick. As of right sure. now, he is pick 142 at, over at the NFBC. And without a job, I mean, it's hard to argue with drafting him at this cost. But if he goes to Colorado here, Craig... There's no doubt. He's moving into the top 100, potentially top 90 pick for fantasy baseball purposes. There is something to be said for consistency. The guy consistently hits between 260 and 270, uh, between 23 and 28 home runs, 15-plus stolen bases. Uh, he gives you a little bit of everything. And if he hits in Colorado, Craig, we were talking about Trevor Story in hour one at the shortstop position. I mean, you might be looking at a you know 270, 30 home run, 15 stolen base season, probably hitting in the middle of that lineup. As of now, they have uh, Sam Hilliard projected to be their left fielder, who I also right. think has a little bit of intrigue uh, just as a sleeper for fantasy so baseball yeah. purposes. But, Craig, if Puig signs with Colorado 
I think this report alone, just seeing the Rockies' name there, is going to push him up like a round in terms of ADP. And if he were to go there, he'd probably move up 40, maybe even 50 picks. Yeah, well, well, I can tell you. So, uh, you know, Frank, you know, in the league that I'm participating in right now, uh, we are uh, 12 rounds in, essentially, 15 teams. So think about that. How many picks is that? You're the math guy here. Is that uh, <laughs> am, 300, I, 200, am I supposed to be the math guy? <laughs> <laughs> We've dubbed you the math guy. We're both no, not no, the math guy. <laughs> Let's get okay, that straight. We are not. Well, it's definitely not Bavona either, so we're in trouble. Um, All right. I got the calculator yeah, so, app open on my phone, 15 times okay. 12, 180. Okay, so 180, he's still on the board. He's still on the board. No one has taken him. and. And and see, and that is kind of interesting too when you think about it, because we have this this clock that just goes on forever, and you literally could just sit on the clock, Frank, for twelve hours, right, and wait and wait and wait and wait and say, okay, I wonder if Bleak is going to sign. If he signs with the Rockies, boom, click the draft, right? You could do it that way, which is, is why I don't like an unlimited clock. Is that what you're going to you do just, on your next pick, Craig? Just sit, <laughs> just sit there and wait well, for Yasiel Puig. <laughs> I'm not picking, you know, maybe for another day or two here. I don't know. Maybe I'm picking later tonight. I'm not really sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 something that you can definitely do if uh, if you wanted to consider that. So uh, we'll get into my team in just a little bit. By the way, my last two picks, Frank, uh, Scott Kingery and Colton Wong in the 11th and 12th round. So the guy who had no steals all of a sudden has himself 20 or 30 steals. Last two picks and, and two decent players, too. Yeah, I agree with you. I think both of these players are a little bit undervalued right now. Scott Kingery, someone who really, really improved the batted ball data last year. Uh, the stat cast numbers look really good on Kingery. It's going to be interesting to see you know, how Joe Girardi fits him into the lineup consistently. But there's no doubt, I think he's someone who can, if everything breaks right for Kingery, hit 20 home runs and steal 20 bases with a you know 250-ish batting average, solid OBP. Remember, they signed him to that contract extension, Craig, before right. he even played a game at the major league level reminds us of uh, John Singleton from a couple years ago Greg Sussman's favorite sleeper of all time John Singleton didn't work out for the Astros it looks like it's going to work out a little bit better here for the Philadelphia Phillies yes yes Greg's going to have to live with that one forever all right coming up next it is our shortstop sleepers and busts in fantasy baseball this is fantasy sports today here on sports grid Craig Mission Frank Stample and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with our sleepers and busts DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fantasy Sports Today. Straight ball, I get it very much. Curve ball, that's our friend. Craig Mish and Frank Stanfold. You got to take a view. That's my offer to God, bro. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stample. We got you until 1 o'clock on the East, 10 o'clock on the West. Thanks for tuning into the show this week and every week. Next week, we'll be bringing you some more position battles. Then we're going to start diving into this team by team and uh, more interviews coming your way, more on the field stuff, actually hearing from the players, which is what we try to do here on the show is 
bring you a little bit more inside the clubhouse, inside the game. But first and foremost, the BFFs today. What's on deck on the BFFs? I got to know for this afternoon. Frank, let me know. What, what am I tuning into today? We're going to have an ADP Money in the Bank, Craig. I don't know if you're a big wrestling fan, but the Money in the Bank is be. basically a huge ladder match. It's you know a, a six-person ladder match. We're not going to talk about six okay. different players, but we're going to talk about three different players going into similar ADP. Uh, and basically, we're going to present the argument for each of them and then tell you who we like most at the end of that. Uh, and then we're also going to help you draft out of the number 12 spot. If you're playing in a 12-team league, how should your team turn out through the first three rounds if you're drafting out of the 12 spot. We'll do all that later today on the BFFs, Craig. Okay, 3 o'clock Eastern. Catch it on uh, Pluto TV, Zumo TV, Stir, SportsGrid.com, and YouTube. Did I miss anything? Those are the five spots I got. I got them memorized in my head. I have a tattoo. I put it on my arm, so I go one by one. Sounds right to me. Okay, got them all. Good. All right, uh, shortstop. We're going back to that. Catch uh, on demand. Just go back if you're watching on SportsGrid TV and hit the rewind button or the back button. If you're listening to us live and you can catch all of our top 10 shortstops for the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Uh, but along with the players that we have ranked, we also have players that we feel are sleepers and busts. So let's take a look right now at my sleepers for the 2020 fantasy baseball season. We'll start off in Colorado with uh, Brendan Rogers, who uh, went to uh, Lake Mary High School. In Florida, about three hours away from me, had a chance to see him participate in a couple of the prospect showcases, one being Perfect Game. Uh, was a, a, you know, a real thin kid with just a lot of pedigree and, and had a fantastic high school career, was drafted top three overall. And thus far, I think you could say it just has not worked out. He had to have shoulder surgery last year, which derailed his entire season. We also know kind of how the Rockies play this. They tend to, for whatever reason, Frank, call up their rookies play them, and then they just sit and watch for a while. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But with the Rockies not winning titles and drafting in the first round, you would figure that guys like Hampson and McMahon and even Brendan Rodgers would get more playing time in the big leagues, but they simply have not. Now, maybe Rodgers was a product of being hurt, and that was part of it, but I'm diving back in on an ADP in the 500s on this kid again. I just think that he, when you, when you have a kid that you draft this high, the organization is not going to give up on him so quickly. And I think eventually he's going to have a chance to play. And from people that I talk to around the league, they still believe in him as well. So I'm going to stick with him there. Uh, Nico Horner on the Chicago Cubs is not a household name, but especially in an NL-only league and even potentially in a deeper 15-team mixed league, I think that this kid has a chance to play. Uh, last year on my radio show, Theo Epstein came on the program. We asked him for one name of one player uh, that he thought could make an impact in, in late 2020, 2021, and he named him. And Theo knows his stuff. His ADP is about 100 higher than Rodgers, and of course, because he is healthy. And we talked earlier in the show, Frank, about Ian Happ. Uh, Horner can certainly play the infield. I think maybe he could even play a little bit of outfield. I would think that if he hits in April, you could be looking at 300, 400 plate appearances for him, someone that we're not even talking about at all this fantasy draft season because he's a rookie. So a little bit more of a dart throw, I think, there. But if the uh, president of baseball operations is a fan of him, then I am too. So my sleepers and deep sleepers at that this year at shortstop are going to be Brendan Rodgers and Nico Horner. Yeah, I love the Nico Horner call. Not so much on the Brendan Rodgers. I think he might be more of a 2021 play. I just worry about that shoulder injury. Yeah. You know, Maybe he builds up the strength this season, and then 2021 is the year where he really, really gets an opportunity to show what he's made of. And again, I like Ryan McMahon, so I'm kind of hoping he can just get everyday playing time. You know, you know. Pray, because when it comes to the Colorado Rockies, you mentioned it. Yeah, it's, I don't it, get it's it. so hard to figure out who's going to play for this team. We want Garrett Hampson to be a thing. They continuously you know, mess around with him, and they won't give him playing time. So let's make Hampson and Ryan McMahon a thing here in 2020. Uh, Nico Horner, again, the starting second baseman for the Cubs right now is Jason Kipnis. I mean, come on. Like, If Jason Kipnis gets off to a slow start, you know they don't owe him anything, really. I mean, they, no. they signed him to a minimal amount of money uh, as well. So Nico Horner, definitely a name to pay attention to. I like the hit tool, uh, the numbers I've seen in the minor leagues as well. High batting average when it comes to Nico Horner. Now, I went deeper on one of my sleepers here, Craig. Not so much on the other one. I'll start off with someone who's going a little bit higher, and that's Dansby Swanson. Are we forgetting what Dansby Swanson did last year through the first three months of the season? Through June last year, 85 games, Swanson was hitting 269 with an 
an 815 OPS, 15 home runs, 55 runs scored, 52 ribbies, and seven stolen bases through half the season. I mean, that means this guy was on pace for almost 30 home runs and 15 steals through the first three months of the season. He suffered a foot injury, someone who comes with a lot of prospect pedigree. I think the injuries really derailed him in the second half. I think if he can just stay healthy and finally put it together for a full season, you know, he was on pace for that 30-15. That's not what I would project. But if you can get 20 home runs, 10 stolen bases with a batting average that doesn't completely sink you, you know, something like 260, I think that's possible out of Dansby Swanson this upcoming season, Craig. And he's going a little bit too late in drafts uh, for my liking. The other name here that I like is uh, Luis Urias of the now Milwaukee Brewers, formerly one of the top prospects in baseball with the San Diego Padres. Might get off to a bit of a slow start here uh, because he's coming back from a hamate bone injury, which he suffered in January. So, you know, he might not start the year on time for the Milwaukee Brewers. But again, if you're doing one of these draft and holds, you have the ability to stash him for the early part of the season or even in an NL only, like you were saying with with some of your sleepers here, Craig. In the second half of the season, uh, I think that Luis Urias is someone that can make an impact. Again, he hit 308 in the minor leagues with an 830 OPS. Feels like the Padres might have given up, given up on him a little bit too quick. Do you have anything on either one of Dansby Swanson or Luis Urias' upcoming season, Craig? Yeah, I mean, Swanson's a, a good name and, and someone that's still, I think, highly coveted. It's it's kind of funny is, you know, how good we thought he was going to be. And he certainly, you know, didn't live up to that, at least to this point. But he's still in his prime. There's still a chance for a major breakout with him. So I like that call. In terms of Urias, you mentioned it. The winner really uh, doomed him, I think. Um, you know, broke the hammock bone in Winter League Baseball. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a different situation. Guys can come back from that. You wonder if they're going to be tentative. Will they be okay? Is there a transitional period for him? And I do think that there is a path to playing time for sure in Milwaukee with him there. But the question is, is if he misses any time, somebody step in and do a better job than him uh, in the infield, which could end up hurting him in the long run. So um, Swanson for sure. Urias, probably not on my radar this year. Uh, As far as my uh, busts, in fantasy this year. There are a couple of guys that I simply are probably, and you know, I don't want to say not going to because there's always a spot in a draft for me with every single player. But the two players that I'm probably not going to go down the road uh, are uh, Didi Gregorius, who, um, you know what? I, look, I mean, coming off an injury last year, I think he performed at a decent level with the Yankees. Uh, there's no question, but he did miss a lot of time. Now he was forced to sign that one-year deal with Philadelphia, and he loses the short porch in right field. Didi's not the kind of guy that's going to struggle under pressure, but I just simply don't like him this year. I think that he ends up somewhere else on a a two-year deal, three-year deal, and I think he could revitalize himself, but this is not the year for me. And uh, and aside from all the cheating stuff, I'm just not going back down the Carlos Correa road. Uh, He's burned a lot of us in fantasy through the years with these different injuries that he's had. Last year, more bizarre than any of the others with having the issue with getting the massage, but he's not in my top 100 this year. I just don't, I'm, I'm just, I'm done thinking that he is going to become something that he's not. When he's on the field, maybe one of the top five players in the game, but it just hasn't been an on-the-field type situation. I would hate to say that this is going down like a Troy Tulowitzki road, because I don't think that it is, but sort of the numbers seem to indicate that in terms of the injuries a lot, Frank. So I'm out on both those guys this year. And I've got to say, Craig, I love the call on Carlos Correa. I was left, you know, pulling out my hair, you know, basically giving myself another haircut last night because I, I wanted Carlos Correa for one of my busts this upcoming season. So... The ones that I have here, you know, I'm not uh, completely passionate about, but I'm going to go with Ahmed Rosario and Bo Bichette. I I would have had Carlos Correa on this list as well. I just worry about the back and the core injuries when it comes to Carlos Correa. I don't know that he's ever going to get over those. For Ahmed Rosario, it's really just the Mets. Can the Mets just get out of their own way and and bat Ahmed Rosario higher in the lineup? I realize he does not have great plate discipline in terms of walks. He has a 4.4% career walk rate, uh, and he has a career 305 on base percentage. But in the second half last year, he made some really nice adjustments, cut down on the strikeouts, and he wound up hitting 287. It seems like he's finally starting to take those steps, but he's projected to bat eighth right now for the New York Mets. How is he going to give you counting stats? And if you look at the stolen bases, he has 50 steals in his career. He has 24 caught stealing. What happens if, at some point... The Mets are like, all right, you're just running into outs. We're going we're gonna to 
slow you up. We're going to put up, put up the stop sign, give you the red light, and they're going to stop Ahmed Rosario from running. If the guy isn't giving you 15 to 20 or more stolen bases, then you know what is he giving you? A solid batting average, not many home runs, and the counting stats are not great because he's in the bottom of the lineup. I want to like Rosario, but I think the Mets just kind of get in their own way when it comes to uh, when it comes to him. For Bobachet, it just comes down to where he's being drafted, and this is yeah, one I, I realize yeah. that can easily make me look stupid here, Craig. I mean, if he goes out there and puts up a twenty twenty, a twenty five twenty five type season, he's easily going to pay off where he's being drafted right now at pick sixty seven. I just like other players that are going in that range more. We spoke about Manny Machado earlier in the show. I mean, he's going six picks after Machado. I mean, they're going in a similar range. I'd much rather have Manny Machado. There are a lot of pitchers going in this range. Charlie Morton, Chris Paddock. Rather have those guys over Bo Bichette as well. And last year, small sample size, four stolen bases, four caught stealing. Kind of a similar situation to Rosario. If Bo Bichette keeps running into outs, do they slow him up at some point and say, all right, let's, you know... Let's kind of slow it down here on the base pads. They don't let him run as much. I have all those things in the back of my mind when it comes to Bo Bichette. It's just a big price this upcoming season, Craig. Yeah, that's it. It's the, it's the ADP on him. And after essentially less than a half a season, that's as high as you're going to find any player with having really accomplished less, maybe since Diana's team, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. All right, coming up next, we dive into the NFBC values. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you. We'll close it out in the next 30 minutes here. Uh, 1 o'clock Eastern, we're done. We're back at 11 a.m. Eastern on Monday morning. Frank, the uh, temperature's dropping here in South Florida. I got bad news for you. It's uh, it's in the 60s now. Oh, I'm so sorry, it's Craig. starting to get a little dicey here for us here. I may have yeah. to. You can probably uh, walk outside with shorts and a tank top and still be perfectly fine. It's 30 degrees know. here today, Craig. 30, 3 zero. You have to get the sweater. You have to get oh. the sweater out, Frank. Oh, the sweater. Oh, okay. I'm wearing a sweater and a winter jacket today. <laughs> Come on, man. You, you know, it's interesting that every year when, and, and it's good that uh, labor, you know, figured this out. But uh, what's interesting with Tout Wars, uh, you know, the last 10 years, this is the first year, unfortunately, I'm not going to make it. But the last 10 years, I've been coming up for Tout Wars. And every single time, and I enjoy going to New York, don't get me wrong. And in fact, uh, every summer, we usually spend a week there. I did last year and uh, and hosted the shows from your studio right there. But uh, every year I wonder to myself, Frank, why are we doing fantasy baseball drafts in New York in March? Why aren't we doing them here in Florida, you know, like where the weather is nice and I'm like I'm getting out of the plane and I'm getting, you know, in a car or whatever. And I'm seeing like snow around and I'm, I'm like, this does not feel like we should be here doing a draft. Like, why not move it south? Right. Well, you want the, the truth, Craig? Can sure, you handle can the, truth. the truth? Nobody can. Nobody lives in Florida except you and Joe Ranieri. Oh, no, we have a lot of people living here. Yeah, I don't, we, do a Flo- we do a Florida man every week. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You Do you want Tout Wars participants getting attacked by Florida man? Next thing you know, yes. we're going to have you know Scott Engel getting attacked by a guy with a machete in McDonald's. He would be the attacker. <laughs> Give me that Big Not Mac. 
not the attack he that's for sure um okay so uh let's go through the nfbc values as we bring the show mercifully to this is this is the one that we submit for the award at the end of the year this show uh okay the nfbc values were down to um nfbc of 400 through 500 average draft position and we're making a case for three players in the group that you should draft in fantasy baseball in 2020 there have been 330 nfbc drafts okay so this is about 70 to 80 percent of the players that are on this list have been drafted uh some do some don't this is more than half the time they're going and remember these are all like last round picks too uh, so, Frank, you know what? Why don't you take it? Why don't you um, start us off here today? Why don't you lead us off here with this one? All right. So, surprise, surprise, as a Yankee fan, I'm going with a New York Yankee. Clint Frazier, who has been taken in 219 drafts over at the NFBC, has an ADP of 460. And I liked what I saw out of Clint Frazier last year, at least offensively. The guy is a butcher in the outfield. He's absolutely terrible. But a 267 batting average with 12 home runs, 38 ribbies, and only 69 games played with an 806 OPS. And we've already heard the reports of Aaron Judge dealing with injury, and Aaron Hicks is going to miss about half the season, maybe Maybe even longer than that. Brett Gardner's up there in age. Wouldn't surprise me if John Carlos Stanton misses time at some point this season. I've already drafted him in the two uh, the two NFBC draft champions drafts that I've done because again, this is someone. This is who you want to take a shot on. Someone who has upside, who is an injury away from having value from a fantasy perspective. So if he could just keep his head on straight, it seems like he always says the wrong things. He rubs his teammates the wrong way. Uh, he's again, he has to focus on defense, but offensively, Craig, I think Clint Frazier is a great player on a team with a ton of uh, injury prone players as well. So definitely interested in Clint Frazier. Yeah, he's got a shot, I think, to get some PT. You know who uh, Frazier reminds me of a little bit and, you know, is, is like an outfielder that we've been waiting on who seems a little vocal. We don't know if he's a good player or a bad player. And I, and I think, look, I think Frazier's pedigree is better than this player, but someone we're not going to mention on fantasy. Uh, Brett Phillips. Remember Brett Phillips a couple of years ago? Everyone was touting him. Oh, with the Brewers, the Brewers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. going to be. He's going to play. He's going to be good. Now he's in Kansas City. Um, hasn't worked out for him as well. Look, Frazier's on a different level. I, I feel like the Yankees are just trying to rebuild some value with him, and then they eventually trade him. Honestly, I, I don't know that he has a future in New York, but I think it's a it's a good name uh, to start off with. Um, okay, I'll, uh, I'll I'll take it from here. I'll go to my first one. I'll go with Drew Pomerantz. Of the San Diego Padres, he is right now his ADP sitting at 429, and he's been involved in 228 NFBC drafts thus far. Look, I know that Pomerantz is probably not in line to get saves, but he found something as a reliever last year in both San Francisco and Milwaukee, and I am a fan of the skill set. So when I'm looking toward the end of a draft and I'm looking for just someone who I can put in on a weekly basis to give me a couple innings a week, five, six innings a week, a swing guy, sixth, seventh inning. I understand that the Padres are stacked in terms of the ninth inning. They have other guys with a very high skill set in the latter innings, too. Pomerantz, I think, could end up getting you some wins, too, bringing him in in the fifth or sixth inning in tie games as well. So uh, somebody very late in a draft that I want to target this year, Frank, and just have Pomerantz sitting on my team. Yeah, I'm interested in Drew Pomerantz as well, just as a reliever that can help your ratios and get you strikeouts. When he joined the Milwaukee Brewers last year, 26 and a third innings pitched, his K per nine was over 15. He figured something out for sure. 2.39 ERA with the Brewers last year. His velocity went up about two miles per hour, so we'll pay attention to that earlier on in the season. But if he maintains that velocity and those strikeouts, definitely somebody who can have value uh, just in terms of giving you those ratios and strikeouts uh, from a Roto perspective as well. I'm going to move over to Hunter Harvey, pick 462 of the Baltimore Orioles. He's a relief pitcher with the team. He's been taken in 214 drafts. The former first-round pick... Uh, with the Baltimore Orioles, he's dealt with a lot of injuries uh, and, frankly, underperformance at the minor league level. Last year, we saw him in a few relief appearances, about uh, six innings pitched with the Baltimore Orioles, but he performed well in those innings, and this is a closer situation to watch. They have Michael Givens, but you know, last year they used multiple relievers to close out games, and Hunter Harvey is someone who throws extremely hard, 98, 100 miles per hour. He has some swing and miss stuff, uh, and I think those are the relievers you want to take a shot on, guys that have strikeout ability, who are kind of in the mix in a closer by committee. Uh, they're not going to win a lot of games. There's no doubt about that. No. But uh, I, I do have my eyes on uh, Hunter Harvey this upcoming season, Craig. 
Yeah, uh, Evan Phillips is a name of, of someone else that I was pointed to in terms of attention of somebody who has that skill set to maybe get outs in the ninth inning. A uh, little bit up and down in his first season in the big leagues with the Orioles. Uh, I'll go back to the Padres, ADP 432. This is Franchi Cordero. Everyone's known his name for a couple of years. He's been involved in 249 of the NFBC drafts thus far. Uh, look, I mean, there is potential for a lot with Franchi Cordero. There's also potential for nothing, <laughs> as we've seen. Uh, been taking him now for a couple of years, hoping for the best. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, but he's got a lot of power. He's got a lot of speed. He's got a high skill set internationally. He's always shown that he could do these things. He just hasn't put it together here in the States. Clearly, there's going to be competition there for him. I think in order for Cordero to get a bump, they'd have to move Will Myers and get him out of there completely. And until that happens, I don't see a ton of fantasy value there. He's probably left for a buck in an NL-only league. But I got to mention his name again, Frank, because with 400 plate appearances, it's 20 home runs and 20 steals. It's going to happen. Just don't know if he'll get those plate appearances. Yeah, he's still just 25 years old. He has to stay on the field. He has to get healthy first here, Craig. That's been an issue for him. But back in 2017 in the minor leagues, hit 17 home runs with 15 stolen bases while batting 326. So someone I've already drafted as well, Franchi Cordero. I'm with you there on him. The final name that I have here is Yusei Kikuchi. Pick 494, starting pitcher with the Seattle Mariners. He's been taken in 225 drafts. Craig, last year he was being drafted as a top 40 starting pitcher, was Yusei Kikuchi. I just took him in round 36. That was basically, he was SP 36 off the board last wow. year. So I understand yeah. he was terrible in his first season with the Mariners. There's been talk of you know him changing up his mechanics this upcoming season. And you know he was dealing with a lot his first season in the United States last year. Uh, he had some off-the-field stuff. I believe he lost his father, and he had the birth of his uh, first child. So there was a lot going on for Kikuchi last year, his first season with the Mariners in the States here. Uh, and again, there's no risk in round 36, uh, someone no. that we were excited about last year. So I'm not throwing in the towel yet. I want to see what he can do in year two here with the Seattle Mariners. Who's your final name here that you got between pick 400 and 500? Any interest in you, say Kikuchi, by the way? Yeah, you know, uh, for some from some of the like ERA and WHIP and, and some of the counting strikeouts maybe as a possibility. But, I mean, it's interesting. Vegas has uh, Marco Gonzalez's win total for the season, um, Frank, at eight and a half. The year so it just kind of tells you what they're and he won 16 games last year so it tells you what they think of them this year probably wins in the 60s overall uh todd frazier for me is my final one now look i get it he's not a flavor phrase from four years ago winning the home run derby in cincinnati or even with the white Sox or with the reds i get it all those things are gone uh, but where's the competition frank for todd frazier is it a third is it if is there anyone to compete with this guy for playing time and even a designated hitter I mean, is there anyone being taken with ADP 466 that will hit more home runs that you could perceive right now than Todd Frazier? The answer is no. He's a 20 home run guy, no doubt. Maybe even 25. 231 drafts in the NFBC. He's going to crush your batting average. He's probably going to crush your OBP. But if you focused in on steals and runs at the beginning of your draft and you're looking in one of the last five rounds and you want somebody with 20 bombs, Frazier's your guy. Especially in AL only as well, Craig. You know, you're just looking for anyone who has a pulse at that point, and That's people it. might be forgetting that Todd Frazier, as of now, is projected to be the starting third baseman for the Texas Rangers. We'll see what happens there in terms of Nick Solak. They're talking about using him in center field. They can bounce. Um, what's his name? Uh, they could bounce Danny Santana around a little bit as well. Yeah, he could play the outfield. Sure. He could play, you know, a little bit of corner infield, third and first base, and Ronald Guzman. Apparently, going back to the swing he used when he was 16 years old. I don't know that that's going to help Ronald Guzman. So I don't Todd know, Frazier, I'm a big fan. you're right. Probably Guzman, twenty plus though. home runs. Big fan of Ronald Guzman. Big big fan of him. I hope he turns it around. Very very nice kid. All right, uh, we'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back and wrap up fantasy sports today. Right after this, here on Sports Grid. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. 
back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV network. Zumo, Pluto, and Stir is where you can watch us. Happy Friday, everybody. Reminder, we have spring training starting up today. Live games at 3 p.m. Eastern time. We've got the Rangers and the Royals. We've got a whole weekend full of spring training as well. You hear the music in the background. Bad Boys. Great song, by the way. When you were younger, you might have played Good Cop, Bad Cop. With your brother, sister, friend, whatever it might be, cousin. Today I'm going to present you with Good Frank, Bad Frank. Because I'm going to make the case for and against these middle round shortstops. Today was our shortstop preview here on Fantasy Sports Today. And I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper on some of these middle round shortstops. The ones that I want to pay attention to mostly, Manny Machado, Bo Bichette, Marcus Semien, Tim Anderson, Correa. We spent a little time on Machado and Bichette already, but again, I'll make the case for and against each one of these players, and then at the end, I'll, I'll tell you whether or not I actually like where they're going and someone uh, whether or not I'll be targeting them this upcoming season in fantasy baseball. So let's jump in. Manny Machado with an ADP of 61 over at the NFBC in the month of February. You look at the bottom of the screen what Manny Machado did last year. 32 home runs with a 256 batting average, 85 ribbies, 81 runs scored as well. And this is regarded as a bad season for Manny Machado. You are now buying the dip. He was a borderline first-round pick last year. He's going in the fifth, sixth round of some drafts this upcoming season. The case for him is we've seen him slump before and have a bad season back in 2017. He bounced back in 2018, hitting 297, 37 homers, up over 100 RBIs. Everybody likes Fernando Tatis and Tommy Pham. Who's going to be driving those guys in? It's going to be Manny Machado. Don't overthink this one. Last year, he got hit by a pitch late in the season in August. Really, really hurt his production for the final two months of the season. Uh, those are the reasons why you should be targeting Manny Machado. I think he can hit 270 to 280. 35 home runs, really good counting stats, and maybe he chips in 7-8 stolen bases. The case against Manny Machado. Since he's left Camden Yards, he really hasn't been the same player. You look at the numbers in Los Angeles, not nearly as good as when he was in Baltimore back in 2018. Last year, did not perform to the level we expected him to. Maybe it was the pressure of a new contract, but maybe he's someone that just struggles outside of Camden Yards. Uh, that's really the biggest case against him. He did struggle against right-handed pitching last year as well. Uh, I think that that's more of an anomaly than where he's been at in his career. Uh, those are some of the reasons why you might be scared off of Manny Machado. For me, I'm back in. I love Manny Machado. I love where he's going. I think he's a great value. He is someone that I'm targeting at both the shortstop and third base position in 2020. Let's move over to Bo Bichette. ADP of 67 in the month of February over at the NFBC. Everybody's in love with Bo Bichette, and I get it. We've seen these prospects come up and be awesome, both from a real-life baseball perspective, from a fantasy perspective, the past couple of seasons. So everybody doesn't, you know... The, look, if you don't buy Bo Bichette now, where he's going, this might be the lowest that you, you ever get him at. Because if he performs well this year, he might move up into the third, second round uh, in upcoming seasons. And we know the prospect pedigree that comes with Bo Bichette, what he did last year. Short time in the majors, 46 games, 11 home runs, a 311 batting average. We've seen him have crazy seasons in the minors as well. 2018, the kid hit 286 with 11 home runs, 32 stolen bases. Everyone's trying to find speed. You can find it in the middle rounds with Bo Bichette, someone who could potentially hit 20-plus home runs, 20-plus stolen bases, leading off for a solid Blue Jays lineup. 280 batting average, maybe even better than that as well. There are a lot of reasons to like Bo Bichette, and I understand that. On the flip side, he had four stolen bases in the majors last year and four caught stealing. What happens if he continues to get caught stealing this upcoming year in 2020? Does he get the red light? Do the Blue Jays tell Bo Bichette, dude, you got to stop running into outs. We don't want you running anymore on the base pats. Maybe he'll still give you a good batting average, still give you some home runs, some pop, some solid runs and RBIs as well. But what happens if they stop him from running? This cost for me, I understand why he's going where he's going. The name Bo Bichette, the pedigree, second generation talent, the son of Dante Bichette as well. The sky is the limit for him, there's no doubt. What happens if pitchers make adjustments to him in year two and he, he can't make adjustments back right away? I think there's a little bit more downside to Bo Bichette 
than is being baked into his ADP right now. So for me, I'm going to be avoiding Bo Bichette at his current ADP of 67 in the month of February over at the National Fantasy Baseball Championship. Let's move over to Marcus Semien, someone who was a top three AL MVP candidate in 2019. He has an ADP of 90 over at the NFBC in the month of February. Marcus Semien. Wow. I mean, do I even need to say more? Just say wow. Look at what he did. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. 285 batting average. 33 home runs, 123 runs scored, 92 ribbies, even chipped in 10 stolen bases. The guy was a legit five-category contributor. This is first-round production, if we're being honest, right? This is something that you'd expect out of, I don't know, who's going to that range? Maybe like a Trevor Story? Maybe a little bit less speed? That's ba- He basically did what Trevor Story does year in and year out. That was Marcus Semien last year. He cut down the strikeouts, 2018. 18% strikeout rate. Last year in 2019, a 13% strikeout rate. He improved his walks. He improved across the board, the plate discipline, cut down the strikeouts, started hitting the ball harder, finally put it all together. Let's not forget, Marcus Semien was once regarded as one of the top prospects, maybe not in all of baseball, but with the White Sox at the time, and then he got traded over to the Oakland A's. He was regarded as a top prospect uh, in their organization. On the flip side, This was by far a career year, and it came in a year with the juice ball. What happens if he regresses? I mean, look back at the years before this. 255 with 15 home runs in 2018. A fine season. Not an American League MVP candidate, I'll tell you that much. 249 with 10 home runs back in 2017. 2016, hit 27 homers. Also had a 238 batting average. What happens if he uh, goes back to being that player that he was? The The... three previous seasons before 2019. I think his price is fine because, again, he can, and he proved it, give you a first-round value going in the middle round, seventh, eighth, maybe ninth round for Marcus Semien. But there is some downside to Semien. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle here. Ultimately, I don't think I'm going to own Marcus Semien uh, because I do worry about him, you know, some major regression. But... He did improve as a ball player across the board. Again, improved the plate discipline, cut down on the strikeouts. Uh, Just based on where he's going, probably not going to own him. Better off in OBP leagues and points leagues uh, while we're talking about Marcus Semien. All right, Tim Anderson, Mr. Anderson. An ADP of 100 over at the NFBC in the month of February. Tim Anderson's an interesting name because you look at his yearly production, and he's another one that really kind of put it all together. Wound up hitting 335 last year with the White Sox on the back of a 399 BABIP. BABIP is pretty high. 18 home runs, 17 stolen bases, and only 123 games. Did hit more line drives last year. Cut down the strikeouts about 3.5% from 2018. Didn't run much in the second half. Really aggressive swinger at the plate. Chases pitches 45% of the time. Uh, but what I do like uh, with his batted ball data, started hitting balls up the middle more, going to opposite field, really kind of progress as a hitter uh, in general this upcoming season. The downside, the bad cop version of Tim Anderson is, what if that Babbitt regresses you know, to the 289 from the year before? What are we looking at, a 260, maybe a 270 hitter? Again, I think that the Babbitt will come down. He's not going to have a 399 batting average on balls in play. But I think it still remains high. I would say it's probably going to be in the 350 range, which will put his batting average around 280, maybe 290. Still think he's going to help you in batting average. Really bad OBP. Not great in a points league. I understand that. But he's going to give you some speed. And he had 17 stolen bases in only 123 games. 26 steals the year before in 2018. You can kind of hear it in my tone. I kind of like Tim Anderson where he's going. I think he'd go 2020. 280-plus batting average, one of the best lineups in all of baseball in the White Sox. We're not doing the stamp of approval, but Tim Anderson, you've got my stamp of approval, especially in 5x5 Roto Leagues uh, where it's batting average and not OBP. All right, I didn't get into Carlos Correa, but I'll just tell you a bad cop. I don't like Carlos Correa. I don't like, you know, defending Jose Altuve. I don't like the whole cheating scandal. I don't like the injuries. The guy has dealt with core injuries, back injuries. I understand he's still 25 years old. 
If he plays 140 plus games, he's going to make me eat my words. He's going to make me look completely ridiculous. But I think teams are especially going to be out for Carlos Correa based on his comments, defending the team as well. I'm not in on Carlos Correa. It's mostly injury related, but embracing that heel persona, not a fan of that either when it comes to Carlos Correa. All right, let's end the show with a little bit of exit velocity like we do every day here on Fantasy Sports Today. And I've got to address my team, the New York Yankees. Let's hit it. It's all good. Exit velocity. Nice velocity. All right, here we go. When it comes to the New York Yankees, you guys are idiots. Because the way that you handled Luis Severino and James Paxton this offseason was just disastrous. And maybe they knew about this all along, and that's why they went out and spent as much money on Garrett Cole as they did. But James Paxton and Severino were dealing with these injuries back in October. And you didn't address it until you came back in January and February with pitchers and catchers? Severino can't throw a changeup? His forearm hurts. His arm is about to fall off. James Paxton was dealing with this back injury going back to last year. He's got to have surgery. He's not coming back till June, July. Come on, man. Yankees, you're better than this. We just had all these injuries last year. Why didn't you address this in November, December? It's very frustrating when it comes to the Yankees from a fantasy perspective, from a baseball perspective. That's it here today on the show for Craig Mish. And all of our producers downstairs, I am Frank Stanfield. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, stay classy, fantasy owners. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.